Hi, Broadway fans. Welcome to another great week of Broadway Breakdown. I have two amazing people here with me today, and we're going to talk Phantom of the Opera, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. I always have to go in between them because I have to do the, 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 the and then into the drums. <laughs> I'm like, I'm playing two instruments. Yes. Yeah. So multi talented, really. It's like so the most, or one of the most like iconic, like or, sounds. Yeah, organ yeah. pieces. If anyone plays yeah. that, and if you know the show at all, even just in passing, you know exactly where it's yeah. from. Yep. Oh, I love this song. Let's love this song. I love this musical so much. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Broadway Breakdown today on this gloomy day in Los Angeles. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of weird. <laughs> We're still waiting for our summer that's always here about this time. In February, we usually have Yes, it. that's true. Uh, let me introduce my lovely panel right after I introduce myself. <laughs> I am Brianna Phipps. You guys can find me at bphipps14 on Twitter and Instagram, bphipps1214 on Snapchat. No Jackie today, but we have two great panelists. Again with us is Timothy Michael. Hey, everybody. In honor of Masquerade, yes. one of my favorite songs from this musical, I have donned the attire. I am Timothy Michael. You can reach me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. And to my left, oh, Sir Phantom. It's the Phantom. How are you? <laughs> my name is James Live Jr. Of course, you know me. And you can follow me on all social media platforms at James Live Jr. This is one of my top three favorite musicals of all time. It's great because we have a Raul and a Phantom. We oh, do. Yeah. Oh my I God. Think about that. That's a good That's one. great. I have yeah. to tie you up and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, he's all, yeah. It's becoming a whole different <laughs> <laughs> You're from the Bay Area. You know what's going on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I was yeah, I mean, yeah, this I was show like, does yeah, have yeah. some very interesting slides. Uh, yes, I it would does. say kind of kinky moments. Yeah. yeah. Costume change. Costume change too. So I well, put that there. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, we'll put that there. Yeah, I didn't bring mine because I knew it would annoy me after two seconds. Oh, yes. But she's Christine today. <laughs> yes, you are Christine Daae. Christine Daae. Yes. Um, who's singing right now? Sarah Brightman. Sarah Brightman. I love Sarah yeah, Brightman. Oh, my God. Yep. It was all her solo stuff after this. I just like She was dating Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. During this, right? Yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. Met her together, yes. And she was married to him. What, did she marry? Yeah, yeah she, she married did. him from mm-hmm. uh, 1984 to 1990, and then they got divorced. Yeah. Andrew Lover, don't date your leading lady. Okay. Ooh. They do that there, but they I, do that. They, there, they, they yeah. do that, do yeah. that in the theater sometimes. Yes. Um, let's start off talking about kind of where this musical came from. So it was a novella called La Fantôme de l'Opera. Oh, go on, girl. Oh, that's okay. so good. Okay. We win. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than I could do. So good. Okay. I kind of messed up the opera. I feel like I should have been like, a <laughs> <laughs> I took French for two years in, oh, you did? in high school. Oh, okay. Well, so one year in college. It, was it sounded good, good to me. It was good, yeah. yeah it sounded good to me. And then it was adapted. There was two films before this, non-musical films, and one musical film, I believe. Or one musical, not musical Yes, one musical, yes. but not, yeah, right. Um, so there was a 1925 film with Lon Chaney and the 1943 one with Claude Rains, mm-hmm. which... The Claude Rain ones was very different yeah. story-wise. Mm-hmm. Very dark, wasn't it? It was even darker, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it was darker. darker, and then it was at the end, Christine chooses neither. Yes, yes. that's right. And she's like, I'm that, an yeah. independent woman. I don't need none, y'all. <laughs> yeah. And they also used the, uh, they didn't do the uh, masquerade ball. No. Oh, yeah. Which right. was really and then the one sad. And then the Lon Chaney <laughs> one, because he didn't wear a mask in that one. No. They just, like, made up his face. Yeah. Very, with makeup, yes, yeah. Very and very, of... like, skeletor. Yeah, very skeletor-esque. Yes, I agree with that completely. So um, I mean, so this this show's been around for a very long time, done a million different times in a million yeah. different ways. Yeah, um, I, I always feel like this show, this musical, is like the pop version of those movies. Like it's a pop version. It's like it's very poppy. It's very like you know, there's apparatic parts in it too, but just it's very much. The movies were dark. They had a whole different tone to them. This has dark moments, of course, and it's very dramatic. And, mm-hmm. which well, Weber is very much about the rock I was opera. Say that. Yes. Yeah, he has written pop. Yeah, that's good. I said pop. I mean, he right. wrote, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar, which is my other favorite. And, yeah. and uh, Starlight Evita. Express and Evita. Mm-hmm. He does that cats, stuff. Cats, cats. But what, <laughs> what kills me is that just you think you bring that up. He at twenty three years old, he did Jesus Christ Superstar, which I think is a brilliant. Movie. And this is like 10, 15 years later, he mm-hmm. did this. They're both very different, but yet they're kind of very similar in the dramatic tone and pop. And There's a joke we I have with some of my musical friends that Weber cannot do a musical without one guitar solo. In That's funny. Because at least in everyone I've heard, I can yeah, there's I always like a kind of like guitar. Like in this one, it's in um, that song we were just Phantom listening to. Yeah. He has yeah. the Family Opera. He has the like kind of guitar solo as yeah. it comes in. 
But also, he likes big moments. Yeah, he does. He loves, he likes to serve a big moment. He does in all of his things. You know, I wasn't a fan of Starlight Express, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but I just, all of, his, all of his stuff is very, there's always like one or two big dramatic moments that he loves to do. Yeah. And that's I mean, a chandelier crashes in this musical. Crash, I mean, yes. so that's pretty big. You know. The man is like behind the scenes wreaking ha- havoc, havoc on people's lives and like bodies dropping, you forcing know, forcing a girl <laughs> yes. to marry him. Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> and funny, funny little tidbit about the 1925 film: uh, Carla Lemley uh, played a small part as the prima ballerina um, when she's 15, and she's the niece of Carl Lemley and that famous theater oh, here in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I god, that. I know that. Okay. Super cool. Yes. But. It's always funny how sometimes, like, when you look at not just theater but film and theater in general and you look back and like people were playing these like tiny roles that are became so huge mm-hmm. I love what I love finding where people began kind of yeah thing. no me too and I also love when you find out later sometimes like you go back and you see like that, oh that's where they started or they were in that and it was like a really small thing and now they're like I love seeing that stuff too yeah, kind of but fun. speaking of the music, because he does have like those very musical moments, he has those rock moments, and then we do have some operatic. There's moments. some opera, but yes. it is kind of funny because like I was told my whole life, like Fame of the Opera is it's not an opera. No, not really. There's no. there's operatic moments. Yes, there's operatic pieces, but it, right. overall, it's not an opera. There's an opera singer in it. It's about yes. an opera. Yes. About an opera. <laughs> opera. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like it's almost it's almost a misnomer, but it really isn't. I mean, it's, it's an opera house. So it yeah. should be Family of the Opera House. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brianna? Doesn't, right? It doesn't ring as well. I know. Yeah. Ring, yeah. I mean, they do do a few operas yes. in the show. Yeah, we have so. the Don Juan Triumph. Yes. And um, Il Muto. Yeah. Yeah, after, after he forces them to put this production on, yeah, then you, all of a sudden you have the opera moments. It's funny because yeah. yeah. you always look at Christine's character because she takes over for Carlotta and mm. she has like the pretty voice. But like Carlotta does actually have the more opera. Oh no! Voice. Yeah, hello. yes, of course. That's why she's a little disgruntled. She's like, "Excuse me, I, I should be. I'm the one who is trained for all this to be the star of this opera house." Well, she's also a diva, so let's not uh, count yeah, that out. She is a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Come <laughs> 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 on, I'm not trying to defend her so much. I'm just saying. I mean, I understand when you get a little older. You know, it's funny because I really, actually, I really like Carlotta in the in mm-hmm. the the um in the musical just because she has a, a very good character arc. Yeah, she's literally she the only one that points out, and uh, I can't remember one of the songs, but. She she literally goes to Christine and says that she's behind this mm-hmm. whole thing, and I'm like, it's that the is, notes. yeah, the notes uh, song. thank you, yes, and yeah. I think it's brilliant because mm-hmm. who as as you being the the lead female, and then this woman all of a sudden shows up, and all this stuff starts happening, and she's like, you're you're behind this, and Christine's like, no, I'm not, but right. like as a person like watching it, you're like, she could be, behind she's the one this. benefiting from it, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So I like Carlotta. I like I just love her line that um, when she's says that like in the very beginning when the new owners come and she's like stressing out and they're like please miss she goes until these these things do happen she's like until these things stop happening this thing does not happen okay it's just it's very diva old school diva diva. (laughs) it is old school diva you know yeah you do that now and they're like all right we'll just get someone that's true it would would now wouldn't it i go next next we have 3,000 other people lined up outside. That's true. so true. That's so true. Because we don't really have that star system anymore. So, like, it's fun to watch these musicals and plays and movies about times where there was this big star vehicle. Because we, we have, like, A-listers, but we don't have that this one star is, like, up here and, you know, above everybody else. That's true. And I was, I wonder, you guys, obviously you guys agree or not agree, but, like, on Broadway, there are people who are doing multiple shows who go from they, I call them show hoppers yeah. you know like like an Audrey McDonald or people like that who just kind of they kind of go around and do a lot of shows but there really isn't any like Broadway royalty these days I don't think is there uh, Patti LuPone yeah. and um, but I mean like those are old but I'd say like anybody newer like oh, besides, yeah. besides I think Chenoweth Lim- would be like the newest like one the that I one of. and Lin-Manuel and Lin-Manuel probably at this point yeah now Lin-Manuel I mean would Adina Menzel be considered Broadway royalty because that's where she started and she's done yeah, so okay. much okay maybe I mean, and she's done maybe, Frozen, but I feel so like, like I feel like Adina Menzel hasn't done broad. Like I mean, I know she did just do the one with Anthony Rapp a few years back, but she kind of had a break from Broadway. What, five party, uh, Wild Party. If then, if then, if then, thank she you, yeah, thank you. But she kind of—I don't. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I felt like she kind of had a break. Like she, there was Wicked, and then yeah. we didn't hear from her. For exactly. Right. But, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you saying the old star system. There were people who literally were just like Broadway stars. Yes. yes. You went for the in the marquee, went to see that name, yes. almost regardless of what the show was. And now it's more like they're bringing in pop stars to right. bring in more of a secular crowd. Having yeah. Actresses from Hollywood playing on Broadway. Yes. Yeah, yes, we yes. do. I mean, it works. On some. There's a great musical um, called Title of Show. It's kind of an underrated musical. Oh, wow. 
uh, that they kind of make fun of that. They're like, okay. you know, people want to see Paris Hilton in the apple tree. And he's like, who wants to see Paris Hilton in the apple tree? I don't know a lot of people. That's so like, funny. Wow. I, I mean, our, Donald Trump is our president, you guys. So, I yeah, mean, people, put, the people will go for our big names. Our lives are a reality yeah. show. Yeah, that's... But I do agree with you. I think this. I like seeing things where the old day they show kind of the old way, and like, yeah, there were there were there were divas. There were people who were the leads of opera houses, and they were the leads of every opera. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like, oh, let's bring someone in for this opera. They're like, this is our contracted person for our opera house. Yeah, and I love that the fact that this this musical was one of the few that brought in that world of opera to people who weren't really familiar. Mm -hmm. Yes, we talked about that. It's not necessarily opera, but people who aren't really familiar or don't no, don't necessarily like that genre will go to the show and say, oh, you know what? I I liked this opera. Mm-hmm. It also you know has I mean? that underdog feel because, you know, Christine yeah. is, I mean, she's the daughter of a famous musician, mm-hmm. but she's in the um, chorus, basically. She's yeah. a ballerina and dancer right. in the chorus, and then she makes it up to lead leading lady. I mean, yes, it's because of this man, but it kind of gives you that also knowledge that sometimes people in the chorus are extremely talented and don't get their due. Yeah. True. And I think one of the, the, the main misses for the musical for me uh, was that kind of relationship between her and uh, Madame Geary um, oh, yeah. because she was best friends with Madame Geary's daughter, yeah. Meg. Well, didn't, and she, didn't Madame Geary kind of help raise her after her father died? Yeah, she yeah. did. But mm-hmm. I always, I, I've always wanted more of like a, a jealous factor from Madame Geary. I don't know why. I just because I guess maybe it's an opera that I wanted it to be a little bit more dramatic. You wanted her to yes. like have her daughter be, be trying like, to push her daughter uh, more? Yeah. Okay. Um, and maybe her being in maybe cahoots with the Phantom, trying to destroy Christine, oh, so that you just, soap no, no, I did, and I, I just, you know, I just, I just liked that. We're gonna recreate just, a whole new one. It's called Fantastic Soap Opera. <laughs> I just always wanted there to be like this, like this, that. like Madame yeah. Geary, like rooting for her daughter, whereas her daughter was just in the background most of the time, yes, and was, and yeah. Meg was fine with it, and yeah, I guess Madame Geary was fine. Yeah, so Madame Geary to die at one point and then show up later, and it turns out she was never dead all along. <gasps> Scary. No, it's her twin sister. Her what twin, are you talking her twin about? Twin sister, right? Exactly, it's her twin sister. <laughs> But, but no, but no, I understand what you're saying. You want you want a kind of more of a a relationship with them that kind of yeah, because there's so much meat more. there. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that the the reason though is that Madame Geary knows about the Phantom. Like she knew a lot about. She's, it. I mean, she and she is the director kind of of the ballerinas and mm-hmm. stuff. So she, even though she has a daughter that she's trained, I think that they wanted, especially with the diva that Carlotta is, to not have too much favoritism because already favoritism is being played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I completely understand. She, Madame Geary has a very significant role as moving the story along yeah, she does, yeah. um, when it comes to She's the Phantom. The one that, but you're right. She does know an awful lot about oh. him that other people don't. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. That's what I mean. <laughs> she there should be like out. a backstory where like she was like friends with him bef- and even though I know you know that he got in his accident like a long time ago, it happened later on in life, and then he was going down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll write a new sequel. We'll write a new sequel. Yeah, not a new. Just get. We'll get to talk about that later, right? Yeah. We'll on new, 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 we start Leonard dies. Um, <laughs> I just didn't like the one. Um, but anyway, so yeah, no, I mean, and later of course we, we hear that you know he was a bro- he was brilliant. He was just deformed, but he was brilliant. And there's almost some kind of later on in the show, in Act Two is a little bit of like trying to explain about him a little more. You feel a little bad a little bit. Yeah. Well, kind uh, of. The, yeah. With the music, because there are parts, especially when the Phantom comes in in the second act, where we get kind of more modern music. Yes. Um, and someone had written that they, in the reason they justified it in their head was that he's ahead of his time artistically, uh, and that's why no one. That's why the like Carlotta and. Um, I always forget his name, but the the opera, the man opera singer. Oh, yes. But I can't think of his name. Who gets killed. Yeah. Who gets killed. Pigini. Pigini. Piangi. Piangi. Thank you. Thank you. Why they don't aren't able to sing it as well or don't like it as well and why he doesn't like them is because he's moving forward already in the arts and well he really doesn't like Piangi well apparently he could be found out with too that's like sure. well, he just wanted to play his part you know? yeah. sometimes yeah. you just gotta do what you gotta do but, but that was kind of funny he's like, later, like, she's like wait a minute um, it's you it's nice I just, yeah, that was like one of the moments in the play that's like you look back on it and you're like no one in the audience was like, "This guy's a lot thinner <laughs> and a lot more baritone." Because if he's and doesn't have an he's like the head tenor, like he's high, so it's like and has no accent yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. It's kind of funny. Yes. Oh, I guess it's just the magic of the art. Musical yeah. magic, art. Musical some, magic. Dr- some dramatic license. That's all. Let's talk a little bit though about some of those, like because there are not that one necessarily, but there are a lot of cool special effects they do in this show. We have the mirror yes. that he appears in. Yes. Yes. You know, you have uh, the doll 
dressed oh, yeah. as her, but it's then it's an actual person. Yeah. 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 The mannequin. Yeah. Or man- is it a doll or a mannequin, you think? Mannequin. Yeah, I think it's But have to dress on. But it's actually just a person. Yeah, right, right. Dressed in that. I know. Kind of creepy. Yeah. It was kind of creepy. And then you have, especially at the end of the play with him disappearing, like, that's one of the things I love about the show is this kind of, like, magic they create through these special effects to make you believe that he, you know, is everywhere yeah. and he can do anything. Well, also the famous gondola scene as well. I mean, yes. I would consider that a special effect. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly motorized and robotic. Which, but by the way, Jackie was hoping you would come in on the fog yeah. machine. With yeah. like a fog machine. Oh and just like, <laughs> no, I wish I did. That would have been amazing. I, I would have jumped on with you, I swear. <laughs> we could have played Christine all day long. <laughs> oh but yeah, I love I love that scene and the, the smoke puts you in this environment with the, candela- does, the candelabras and stuff well, like that. Well, and that's um, partly... Um, I wrote down her name, Maria Bjornsson, mm-hmm. um, who designed the sets and the costumes. Mm-hmm. And that's partly her, because she did the chandelier, she did the gondola scene. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, this show does have a lot, it's not like necessarily an extreme set, no. but it has a lot of these pieces that are just yes. gorgeous. Which I love because, detailed. you and I have talked about this, um, we did Chorus Line, we love when actually it's, it's it, the set actually is part of the story. Mm-hmm. And to do a stage production every night, it's like you have to really create that oh, yeah. and actually create the mirrors and all, it creates a whole mood because you're in this theater having to believe this is happening. And it's not the magic of television or movies, you're actually in, you're with them. Yeah. And well, speaking so. of that, James, hi, Mark in the booth here. Yes. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention this show had spent years on in Las Vegas on the Strip and they built the theater specifically for this wow. show. So all of the extra effects that you were talking about, him disappearing yeah. and reappearing during Curtain Call, were they spent spoke to the stage magic that exists in Las Vegas as well as the general illusions that do appear wow. throughout and I'm so sad that they got rid of it because it's one of the best theater experiences I've ever had yeah wow. they spent 40 million dollars on that theater oh my it's god crazy. Yeah. and I missed it, when it was we there. do have some photos of uh, some of the set pieces yep. as well as the costumes so this uh, coming up is the chandelier mm-hmm. uh, that was created and you know it's it's very true like where it's not like this astounding huge piece no. but it's true the time period thank you which is the most important thing for me because mm-hmm. I think that you really I appreciate when they do their research and get the time period yes, stuff right because there is a lot of times where we in our head because of the film <laughs> yes. think that everything in certain time periods are much more extravagant yes. which they were for that time period but not necessarily no. to our vision of it now yeah, they didn't have Swarovski crystals back then <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god they didn't have those back then but I love that show. I mean it's beautiful yeah. like you said it speaks to the time period and it really brings you back being the centerpiece well, and of it's the such room. an amazing thing watching this show and having it be this kind of crumpled thing on the stage in the beginning and then just yeah. come back together as it's being pulled I know, up I love it. and I it love transports it. you back to that time mm-hmm. yeah it does I agree um, and then I also have a picture of the gondola as well there we go <laughs> coming through with these that's the best part for me is when the candles come up yeah. oh yes yeah I love it funny story about the gondola because I'm so obsessed with it um, <laughs> I was watching like a documentary behind the scenes like that and okay. they had said that during the rehearsals for this they had such a hard time like ha- making the gondola go to where it needed to go and at one point it got so far to the end of the stage that Sarah Brighton was on the end of it and then all of a sudden she saw that she's like hanging off the oh side God. and she's like she's like I don't think we're supposed to be this far out and then they had to reverse <laughs> <laughs> and like put up like it, tape and stuff like is, that because I've never actually like looked into the mechanics of it. Is it? Not, it it's like a it's like a motorized, a motorized boat, boat kind of thing. Oh, so somebody okay. has like a remote control and they're okay. controlling it off. Stage. I wasn't sure if it was that or if it was like with. His, his like stick that he was kind of controlling it it no he's just mock sticking it (laughs) mock sticking it he's faux sticking it faux sticking (laughs) it (laughs) Um, and this is kind of our staple phantom costume as well Mm -hmm. yes Um, but there are amazing costumes in this show and I I just have I have a couple pictures of them this is from the masquerade scene where we just get so much color so many different types of costumes they're not what you would think of as traditional Mm -hmm. like ballroom costumes right. that you would get here They're, but it's a masquerade you're in costume yeah, yes right, right. Um, and then of course we have the phantom from the masquerade which scared yeah. the shit out of me as a kid look at that face that is, that is yeah. scary that is scary but no, it's, be- it's beautiful at the same time too and, yeah and at that moment he's posing as you know uh, the red death which yes, is I felt like death. Andrew Lloyd Webber took a lot of um, inspiration from novels because mm-hmm. um, he took a novel for the inspiration of Phantom of the Opera but also it's a short story based on Edgar Allan Poe which which is, you know, uh, Mystery of the Red Death, which is a really morbid story, you guys. Oh, Everybody wow. dies in the end. It's kind of crazy, but that's the character. So he took a lot of inspiration I from love novel it. pieces. I love it. It's beautiful. I love, yeah. yeah, the, the masks that they use for the face 
and it moves like the mouth and stuff moves mm. with him and yes. it works in such a great way yeah. and to think that, that this was 1986 is when this was first made I know like I know that's 30 <clears throat> 31 <laughs> yeah. that is uh, 31 years ago it's the year I graduated high school so, so yes I understand <clears throat> yeah it's a while back that <laughs> a while back it's just kind of astounding like yeah. if you put the time and effort into something that you can create something so spectacular yeah. with, with very little technology I agree no I totally not, agree maybe that. not very no, little no but... you have a really good point back then we didn't have all this stuff that we can do now it was really relied on talent yeah. really relied on ingenuity and costumes just... and sets yes so like Maria was just a brilliant mind probably mm-hmm. of her time because she came up with all of this stuff, stuff. I mean she won multiple awards. of course Obviously. she did of yeah. course <laughs> another, yeah. um, another costume um, moment in this show that I really love is when they're doing the opera El Muto and it's more of like those Victorian pieces mm-hmm. and Christine yeah. is just as a man and like oh, yeah. all this stuff, I think that I think those costume pieces are really nice too. But it's like a show. I also love of the, show. the beginning when they're in the ballet costumes yes. and they're the oh yes, the chorus girls are like yeah. in the ballet. Yes, yes, yes. Very pretty. Yeah, but you I made mean, a good point. Just back then, you had to rely on actually talent, imagination, and then just putting it together. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know it, it's true to it sticks around. Like this show has never been revived. Hey, it never had to be. On Broadway. It's, it's still there. Um, still there. Yeah. So it's, it has the same costumes. Like they've done touch-ups to like certain things. Yeah. They've like, you know, updated stuff a little bit. But for the most part, this is the same show. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the show. Like, we were talking this before the show started. We've seen. I've seen maybe five productions of this over over the last thirty years. And you're right, the costumes are all basically the same. I mean, it's, it's a testament, to, I guess, to the original people. It's a testament to them that they didn't decide to, like we're going to update this and change the dress look like this. So it's just like this is how it is. I almost think that if you tried to revive it, like. It wouldn't be successful. People yeah. know this show too well as how it is. Yeah, I agree. And because it's a time piece, it's mm-hmm. it's set in eighteen what is it eighty one eighteen ninety one eighteen ninety one. Yeah. Um, and it's it. The magic of that time period is just so authentic that you can't take away from it because then it'll do a disservice to the musical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like when they revived uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, that was that wasn't. I mean, I saw the revival and I, I didn't think too. that it was very good at all because they yeah. made it too modern and, and it's Jesus Christ Superstar. Not saying that you couldn't make it modern, but I just didn't. I personally just didn't. I actually like agree with you. I saw I saw two productions that were modern recently. One was okay because they think they're famous to original, but you're right. I saw one that was like. Okay, it was, I mean, yeah, I didn't like it. Because the music's very 70s. It's very early 70s, yes. late 60s. That's the music. And they tried to make it like it was like 90s, 2000s, and I just didn't didn't care for it. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't work in And some of the singers weren't that good. reason I didn't like that yeah. one song from the Grease Live. Oh, that's right. We talked about, talk about off-camera. We talked about that, yes. <laughs> Sorry, not going to go into that. Yeah, we're going to go into that. Yeah, we talked about the off-camera. Um, speaking of the music, though, yeah. let's talk about our diva songs from this show. Uh. James, what is your music of the song? night? Music of the night. I think that's. Can that, you hit that last note for as long as my? <laughs> you know, I try every single time on my own. I try every single time. <laughs> I can't do it, but I love that. That last one makes, it makes the whole. It makes the whole song. But I think it's such a great song, and I think it's so beautiful, and it just gets you me in the mood. It feels like the mood of this of this opera. I just I love it. Yeah. That's my new song. Uh, Think of Me is mine. Uh, Funny story, my friend and I uh, from high school used to, uh, best friend in New York, would sing at the top of our lungs, Think of Me, (laughs) on the subway, and I'm sure we pissed off multiple (laughs) train riders, because we were so obsessed with this musical that we would just sing this song, that and obviously Phantom of the Opera, but Think of Me is probably my number one, just because it brings me back. (laughs) I've had like so many multiple and changing, like when I was little it was Masquerade. That's a good one too. I still love Masquerade. I mean, I still love Masquerade, (laughs) but... Like I love all most of the songs. From oh, I asked show. you, of course. Yeah. I, I, like um, I went through too. a stage, yeah. you know, in middle school, and I was at my height of brattiness, I think. <laughs> and I love no. prima donna. So I mean, what oh, prima donna. That's are pretty you funny. <laughs> you don't even want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I went through a prima donna stage, um, and then I went through a, in high school. I think it was. Uh, wishing you were somehow here again. Mm. It's a good song too. That's a good song. That's a sad, it's a really sad, sad song. song. <laughs> but it's I went through this song. whole stage where I really liked depressing, like sad songs because okay. I thought they were just. You were a teenager. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I got that. You're a teenager. That's right. <laughs> but now I think it's actually oh. down once more. Oh, thank it's God. Good you one too. It's four. It's because of the overlapping singing in it. Yes. And because I love after there's over the, all this overlapping, then it goes like to that silence back up to her being like. 
You literally have stolen all the words out of my mouth. <laughs> literally. You have taken everything that I was about to say because I love that song. And I think it's, it's so song. underrated because so everybody underrated. forgets about it. And it's so, because it's so long when you listen to it on the soundtrack. To get long. to that point yeah. of it, you have to have gone through like almost 10 minutes. Well, you know, I have the, I couldn't find it to bring here today. I have the two record set. On if I oh, that's really cool. from the original, I that's have it. Really still. I was cool. trying to find. I couldn't find it in my house somewhere. Um, I just want to give a shout out to my ex best friend and roommate <laughs> Nicholas Paris because I, when I played that musical to death. So we went and saw it in '97 in San Francisco. He was like, oh, "I know that song. I know that song." Like he was thinking he was going to know anything. He remembered all the songs I played it. I mean, I seriously played that cast recording to death. Well, I can relate to your friend because my this is my sister's favorite show okay. of all time, and she has like. Three, I think at least three, maybe more, music boxes of the show. Oh, wow. She has the monkey. She has oh, okay. uh, the Phantom and Christine, like, kind of dancing. And she would play them all the time, and she loved the show so much that I think for a while, like, even though I liked the show, I yeah. kind of was like, I don't like it because she does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And because she was playing it so yes. Yeah. So I do that, too, so I understand that. So I wanted to give a shout-out today, but I was like, I'm really sorry. I played it to death. Um, but he knew all the songs. He was like, oh, my God, I know all these songs. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. that one's more just as my heart. And I think, I think It's I also I really... such a powerful visual with him in the noose yes. and like being like the Punjab last and, and him like and him telling <laughs> well and it's so yes. true because he's giving her these two options yeah. he's all like you know what you kill him and you go free or you stay with me but you never get to be with him and it's like so either way you choose you're not you don't win but it's also a really great song of con- concluding the whole musical because he he comes back to you know you, she's never going to love me and I understand that yeah, he did come so back. I just want you to be happy mm-hmm. um, and then he says that it's over now the music of the night but and how that many... line oh my god that line I didn't really like that song until the Royal Albert Hall 25th anniversary one because Robin Karamloo knocks that out of the bloody park with, with all of the emotion in his voice. I am... Mm. Ah. It's so good. It's so <laughs> good. We feel you, Mark. We feel you. We're there. We're there. Yes, I love that. I had a thought and I'm lost. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it was totally Mark's fun. passion, too. I love it. But yeah, come but back to me at some point. But yeah, yeah but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great scene and everything anyway. Again, back to that dramatic oh, moment that he Oh, I remember my thought. Yeah. Yes. How good. many people do you think left the theater, though, being like, oh, she should have chosen the Phantom? Because oh, I, I know I think multiple I people that have <laughs> left the theater. I yeah. personally was like, no, he's ugly. She needs to choose oh, her own. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> shallow. Miss Shallow over here. Well, no, I felt <laughs> bad for the Phantom. I was like, No, Aw. I felt bad for the I Phantom. I felt bad for But him. also, like... I honestly, I think I, I honestly think I like the uh, the film version that we were talking about earlier that she doesn't choose either one of them. Because if you guys remember, yes. in Think of Me, in the musical, Raul has this little bitchy moment where he says you know she she's not such a bitch she's a, she's not such a cautious girl anymore like he literally oh, calls yeah. her a bitch you yeah. guys remember this so at, at that moment i was like oh, what? <laughs> so you don't you didn't like her before because she was this cautious girl and she was yeah. a little bit of a bitch but now you now. like her because she's beautiful and she can sing i feel like she could be a strong independent woman <laughs> and not choose either of them and just be the head so of in this. your revival you would end it with her being like Peace. Yes. <laughs> that and Madam Geary <laughs> being like best friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, Jesus. God, you like to work that out. While like. I wanted her to end up with Raul, I still want the Phantom to find someone. I just don't know who. <laughs> it just, he had put her through too much for them to be together. Like, yes, there would have been a lot of resentment yes, there. Well, maybe yes. he could be with Madam Geary since they're almost the same age. Can we talk about the age oh, difference oh that they God. must be? Oh because she's literally, what, like 17, 18, and he's probably like 45? <laughs> like, but in. But, Maybe not that time period. I guess that is a yeah, little sooner. Yeah. But I was like, at one time, that wouldn't have been weird. Yeah, not at all. It would be a problem. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I want to talk about some of the themes of the show. Yes, yeah. Because there is a lot of You know, we have love. We have beauty comes from within and that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. We yes. have greed, lust. Sorry. We have like all seven deaths. Yeah, you just about, except for gluttony. We don't have that. But well, no, that. I mean... In the uh, well, second there? opera, there was a lot of food involved oh, in yeah, the a... Don Juan Oh, yeah. Triumph. Okay, the second act. I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, okay. I had Carlotta's also gluttony. Oh, okay. okay yes, but okay. maybe not just of the food sort. Yeah, yeah. okay. That makes sense. Okay, of the I'll fame sort. The fame. Yeah. Yes, fame sort. I'll take yeah, that. That's take a good that. one. But you're right. We, it's, it's funny. Like I said, again, the reason why I love this show so much and why it resonated with me is because the music really, the lyrics, like you said earlier, really give you a story. Mm-hmm. Some musicals, they're cutesy, they're cutesy numbers that are kind of thrown in. But like this one, like like, we, like with Chorus Line and with other ones, like, and Just Our Superstar, they, they, they really wrote a good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm really into the story. 
the songs happen to be good, thank God. But like, I'm really into the story, and that's what makes me love this so much. That I can just kind of relate to it. It's like it's this, this it's a Beauty and Beast story, basically. I know like it is. I was saying that, and I hadn't thought about that. But because Beauty and the Beast is coming out, and mm. we're doing this. I was like, you know what? I had never thought about it's it. Time before, to write, but to write, girl. Beauty and the Beast is mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Not as the beast is as evil as, as, as evil. <laughs> he kills people. You know, this one kills people. But but the point is, to me, it still goes down to the beauty and beast element of that. He feels ugly, and he sees this muse here, and this person he's and he's infatuated with her so heavily. It's funny. I'm actually going to take a different comparison route okay. and go with the King Kong kind of storyline. Oh, because you know the Phantom would be more of King Kong, and and Christine would obviously be you know I forgot her name, but the blonde chick. Um, <laughs> The blonde chick. Like Faye Ray. You know, Naomi Watts' character, if you've seen the movie. And then, obviously, the guy would be uh, Adrian um, Brody's character. Um, (laughs) I mean, Raul would be Adrian Brody's character. But, I mean, I love that. And it kind of hit me today when I wrote it down. Um, Just because at the end, she kind of has feelings for this this beast, I guess you can call it. But her feelings aren't of love. But I guess that's true. Same with Well, she doesn't really love him either. But she understands him. She understands him and she feels... A pitifulness for him. Yeah. That's when she kisses him at the end. It's to kiss him. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna she kiss kisses him, him twice. Yeah. I did. <laughs> She'll make out such a run on stage. <laughs> I love it. Um, yes, but I'm saying that's. It's kind of like it wasn't out of love. It's like she's trying to save Raul, obviously, or whatever. But she's like, I'll it's show just you. So crazy because most of these characters are so wrapped up in who themselves, yes. and the yes. Phantom is the only character. While his actions are benefiting him, <laughs> yeah. his entire being is wrapped up in somebody else. That's a very good observation. And I think the thing is they're very three-dimensional characters. Yeah. And actually I think the Phantom, you're right, is very much the most like open and all the all the characters because they're so busy being wrapped up in themselves. That is kind of funny. I never really thought of that before. They really are. And he's the one thinking of her and thinking of like pleasing her and stuff and trying to get the end. And then at some level please himself. It's, yeah, because I think I mean his ultimate hope yeah. is that by helping her, she'll be with him. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. look at what I've done for you. Everybody else is in, in, busy in their own things. Like, it's me. I want her. I want this. I want that. I want and It's it. also that, yeah. like, thing of, like, you can't force someone to love you. Yeah. Which I think everyone at one point is hoping they can do. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a great lesson. That part's a great lesson. And when he, when he come, I like that he comes to that conclusion towards the end. I like that he does. Because after he does, like you say, put her through so much stuff, it's like, wait a minute, I guess I really can't, this really can't work. It's almost a self-realization. Been friend zoned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, I love uh, Raul's moment also when he's like, you know, just just go with him. Like, seriously. don't don't try to save me. Like, it's very self-sacrificing. I still think that she should have wandered up by herself. But <laughs> I still feel like his moment was very self-sacrificing and very putting her first. Um, so I liked that moment. I had just. Sorry, I was just like, as I said that, I just realized that like he is he's the like best friend who like keeps giving like, yes like look we hang out all the time <laughs> yeah, I give yeah, you these yeah, gifts yeah, like we're yeah. gonna be together at one point and <laughs> she's like oh, you're such a good friend yeah no there's Thanks. a pretty boy you're over so here wonderful. I want you're yeah. so wonderful look at that to me. quarterback of the football team yeah totally. exactly which is which really is it's funny you say it related to every movie every coming of age movie like, they're all that's the kind of the story mm-hmm. Pretty and pink, all these movies—they're all like—they're all like that. Yeah, you know, he just, just took of, it to the next level. To the next level, and some murderous levels and other things. But yeah, so it's very <laughs> much that's that's. I mean, but that's why this show has. To, you mean we talked about it earlier? It's mm-hmm. the longest running show. It's yeah. the most financially successful entertainment yeah. event. Yeah. It's had so many things like Mark was talking about the Las Vegas Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been toured. I oh, can't God. even imagine I, yes, how many, many times, times through how many countries. Yeah, uh, this show has left its mark on the world in a way that no other show has it no other show's run for as long as it right it only the lion king i think was the only one that has financially made more yes, than it financially it made long, more yeah, and it, it's the second uh, longest broadway bro- running broadway show on the west end mm-hmm. um yeah. behind, my, Miz, behind yeah. Les Mis, yeah and it won a tony in 1988 yeah so i mean that was what and the year that it opened or two years after it opened uh, no, it was, two years two years it's the year yeah. it went it on broadway two, two years yeah. after it came no. on west yeah. end and it's, you know, like we said, it's never been revived. It's never had to be revived. Mm-hmm. A lot of times shows become unsuccessful because people can't relate to them anymore mm-hmm. and they have to revive them into a way that makes people able to relate to them. Yeah. That's very true. This one didn't have, didn't have to have that. Again, a testament to the, the book, the story, but how they wrote this and the music. I mean, they think, to me, I said again, I can listen to the music by itself and still get the experience. I can also go to the theater and get the experience. Not all musicals can do that. Yeah. yeah. And Some speaking get, of yeah. the Tonys, I do have a video from the Tonys okay. that we're going to pull up and. Here, oh um, my geez, okay. very 80s of her. <laughs> Poofy shoulders. Love it. And since it is the 80s, you'll have to forgive the uh, static. This is 
is, of course, Michael Crawford and Sarah Brighton. Oh, my favorite. The original. The original. And they also originated it on the West End. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I think Raul, him, and her were all the West End original. Not necessarily the original version. But... Oh, don't fall off the stage, though. <laughs> I don't know if you said that, but I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you could totally see that it might happen. And I heard, and I couldn't find anything to verify it, but I heard because of this song, because most women, even though they can hit these notes, um, it's such a strain on their voices that this is one of the only times in like Broadway history that the ending note sometimes gets recorded mm-hmm. and they lip sync to it because it's too oh, hard for them to do eight yes, performances. Right, right, right. Of course. Okay. She's the best one. Have you guys ever heard Nicole Scherzinger do this with the four phantoms that have played no. it throughout mm-hmm. the uh, phantom? No. Oh, it's beautiful. If any, if you guys are like on YouTube right now, just maybe double click over there. Um, <laughs> go to Nicole, Nicole Scherzinger singing this song oh. and I was blown away. She's amazing. I just want to say a little side note. Michael Crawford does uh, Music of the Night with uh, Barbara Streisand from her duets albums. And he holds that you know, when he does, he does that note at the end. So every time he outsigns Barbara, the Music of the Night Music of the Night No, he holds it at the end. So every time he outsigns okay, here Barbara. We go. Here's, the, here's the big note. I think it's an E flat. It's like a glass shattering note. I know. <laughs> it's what we call a whistle tone. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to go. Let's go. Let's go see a stage. Let's go down. Let's go see a stage. <laughs> well, it's not coming here. But yeah. like moving on to talk about the sequel. Oh. The sequel is coming oh, here. The sequel. I sent her a picture January. with it. I sent her a picture of it. Some pantages. I was like. I was when it, when, it, when I heard it was coming out, I was kind of skeptical anyway. Anything with sequels, I, I think it's just such a great, it's just a great musical, and great story. I, I wasn't looking for anything. That, I was looking for a sequel for it. I bought the uh, the cast recording of The Love Never Dies. Did not like it. I was I've never seen the sequel. To be fair, okay, never seen. It I haven't seen it. No, I've I never seen it. it. I heard that one song when they came out with that first song from it, <laughs> yes. and I wasn't a fan, and I just never listened to the rest. Um, I know it has mixed reviews. There are people that do like mm-hmm. it. Like it, it never made it to Broadway. No. Um, it's essentially the story is, is that she's married to Raul and they have a son, Gustav, and uh, they something gets arranged for her to sing, I believe, in New York, Coney Island, at Coney Island, mm-hmm. and then it turns out that it was arranged by the Phantom for her to be there, and <laughs> there's this whole thing. And I think that's kind of the reason it may not have been as successful is because the play ended in such a beautiful way that having him all of a sudden come back and I trying agree. to harass her again is it's like making a bad number two like a bad sequel yeah, to a movie yeah I agree that's exactly yeah. what it is it, it didn't need a sequel no there was, there was no like kind of wow I wish there was more it was like no it was, it was good it, yeah it's a good conclusion some movies you see you're like I wish there was more <laughs> yeah. this was like this was like this, this, this is musical a, this was like, a good lesson for yes. all those you future <laughs> filmmakers and yes. theater makers yes. out there Sometimes your shows just need to be by themselves. Yes. I agree. Don't need Agreed. sequels. Even totally if they agree. were successful, we don't need a sequel. I totally agree. Yeah. Don't kill the things we love Ugh. by making sequels. Yeah. It's funny, though, because in 1999, um, it did run for 17 months in the West End. And uh, the person who played Christine in the sequel was Sierra Bogis, who originated on um, in the West End. And then she wound up actually playing it on Broadway at one point with Norm Lewis, which I thought was interesting. And she opened it in the... Um, Mark, you you would like this. Um, she opened it at the Las Vegas um, opening for that show. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's been all over this show. She And she's one of the best Christines since... Yeah, since Andrew Lloyd Webber is, like, obsessed with her. <laughs> which is, I mean, right yeah, so she's right, amazing. Right, she's right, amazingly right. talented. Well, he also, we know he gets obsessed with his leading list. Yes, he does. <laughs> Do you know that? Yes, he does. Um, but I just, I was never a fan of this. And I just, and I just, I have to, it's like, it's not a cast recording somewhere in my house somewhere. I'm not even listening to it. It's like, I, just, I, feel, like, again, I feel like this was the, the first part was the best part. And I don't really need a sequel. Um, well, and it's this, oh, I wrote it down. Um, it's not even, because the book didn't have a sequel. Right. He based this off of a, a book. It was loosely adapted from the 1999 novel, The mm-hmm. Phantom of Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so. so I don't even know if, and I mean, I didn't research The Phantom of Manhattan, but it sounds like to me that that wasn't even related to Phantom of the Opera in any kind of way, and he just kind of Ugh. created it to make it relate to Phantom of the Opera by making it the same Phantom. Again, I like I everything Andrew wrong. Lloyd does. Yeah. I like most stuff he does. Like I didn't like Starlight Express. I think I said it earlier already. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted like Starlight Express. I really did. Um, uh, but I don't. I was like, not everything he does is gold. But a lot of things he does do, and this musical is, is gold. Well, do we think because I mean, um, Love Never Dies takes place twenty six years later after Phantom of the mm-hmm. Opera ends. Um, do we think if it hadn't had been such a long time period, and but maybe also the, it's, it, it takes place technically there but then when they set the time period for the play I think it's, it was 19 uh, 07. 07 so they tried to make it take place in less amount of time even though the years 
didn't really add didn't up. Didn't add up. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I just go with Brianna's thought. I'm just thinking we didn't need it. Just, I just, it was like, I mean, the original story was about the Phantom and Christine and kind of Raul in the Opera House. All this extra kid and this, it just, it just, to me, it was like, you're being harassed again. You already came to this conclusion it was going to work. Why do you think... I mean, even in the original yeah. book, the book ends with him telling her, because I, 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 I never read the book, but I... I did the clip notes version. <laughs> and so I'm not sure if he was killed like right away, right after yep. that last thing with Raul, or if it was years later, but he told her to please bury him and then leave the gold ring that he had given her mm-hmm. on top of his grave. Yep. And that's how the book ends. So even to yeah, then no. get rid of that ending of the book and like be like, no, actually. Yeah, so he's yeah. still here. And now it's 26 years. Yeah, just, yeah, I wasn't a fan at all. But it's coming to Pantages, so and if you guys so, want to yeah, see I mean, it. I don't think I'm going to. I'm, I don't think I, I, I'm not going. going to either. Sorry, love never dies. I, I, love died. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not going. The love that she never had for you was already dead. There you go. I mean, but let's talk about go. let's talk about that title really quick though. Love never dies. dies. Like, can we talk about the ultimate stalker? Like, right. I know. It's like 26 years. You like let it go. God. Like, like you literally raised her since she was a child, taught her, tried to like make her love you, and then she's finally married, has another kid, and now Wasn't, you want her back. Weren't you already Again. creepy enough? <laughs> Do we have to continue this? How no. old are you now? Let's not. That's you too. How Just old are you now? Find her on Facebook and just Facebook stalk like that. The last thing I cause... want to bring up before we get to the news, because I know yeah. we are running out of time. Uh, so the Phantom in the play wears like the mask that you were yeah. wearing. Mm-hmm. But on every playbill and for the marquee, the mask is yes. one like this. Yes. yes. I just want to know your thoughts. Which is weird because to me, this is the original. Yeah. To me, it's the It shit. actually isn't the original. I know, I know it isn't. But the I'm original saying, was a full mask yeah, that muffled the voice. But I'm saying for me, because I saw the stage of the original, for me, this is the original. And I actually have a signed mask by one of the... Uh, one of the phantoms. I'm just curious and I didn't I, just, I, mean, I couldn't find them. any reasoning as to why but yeah. why they have the picture of this yeah, this way half instead yeah. of this way half but I thought this is more authentic in terms of him being deformed mm-hmm. like this doesn't really show deformity to me like, like did that. you only deform your forehead like <laughs> right exactly it's like <laughs> right. this is like which is kind of it kind of outlines him being deformed I think that's a better better one well also because there's two sides of him there's the deformed yes. side yeah. of his life and then there's yes. the you know this is what I want people to see but this is what they. This is what I'm hiding from the world. So I mean, I mean that has more of a, a story and. A, I agree. Yeah. And if anyone out there knows the reasoning of this way half mask versus this way and why they use both in different ways, let me know because I couldn't find anything. Yeah, let us know. So know. Comment below on the this YouTube chat. Yeah. This video. Um, all right. So moving on to our Broadway news for this week. So we have Todrick Hall announced his Straight Out of Oz tour. It's going to start on uh, March 30th, I believe, this month in. Uh, Los, uh, New York, sorry, and then it's coming to Los Angeles. Yeah, March 30th in New York. And then it's going to go through Europe and Australia. Good Todrick, for him. Todrick yeah, Hall's yeah, a great yeah. performer, too, so I'm sure it's going to be a great show. He is. He really caters to the new generation of, of you know, YouTube clips and, and catching our attention span. And, you and know, he's very much like the 90s kid bringing musicals from that, like making the the kids of the '90s, like yeah, the really tour, um, the tour that the the tour that the that he's doing this off of the songs that he does, like the names of the songs that he's made are just brilliant, like shoes and water guns and like the, the songs themselves yeah. are really like the song titles are really fun. I just think it's, it's, for me, I like I'm always a business person, so I'm always like, wow, he really has parlayed his his 15 minutes into something, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's going to be in Australia. So I mean, that's that's amazing. Because I remember I first the first thing I saw was Beauty and the Beat. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can tell like that he had like a lot of skill set, and that but that his budget wasn't as big yeah. in that one as it was like in Cinderella and stuff yes. like that. Right. Um, and let's not forget he started at American Idol. Right. He was like an American that's Idol right. reject. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about that. So I'm saying he's, 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 he's taking his he's taking his moment and he's actually making it last. And I think in a way that actually is helpful and fun and entertaining. Yeah. So and I think then, it's great for, good and for him. Yeah, and he just was on Broadway in Kinky mm-hmm. Boots. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which I, I, still, I, still, I still haven't seen the, pro, the, the, the stage production. Oh, it's such a great show. I, I, not heard it. I heard the so music fun. is so good. And Cindy Lauper, I mean, yeah. she wrote yeah. the music it's so good. And Hardy Firestein. Hardy oh, Firestein, yes. yes. Of course. It's so, it's so fun. He's Broadway royalty, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. But not necessarily in the acting way. Yeah, not in the acting way. I agree. And next we have Mean Girls musical. They are aiming for spring of 2018 for their Broadway back. very interesting. There is... What do they call an author? I forget what it's called in the LA. The um, Rockwell shows. Oh yeah, Rockwell. Yeah, over there at Los. They're Feliz. doing Mean Girls right now. Okay. Oh the oh I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, unauthorized. Unauthorized. Yes. Unauthorized. Yes. Um, which I heard that they did have to change some of their music because okay. of Mean Girls. 
the Broadway the Broadway show. Oh, do you know? Do you know who wrote it or whatever? Who's writing it? Who's handling it? Oh, I forgot to write that. Yeah, down. I'm remember. just curious because I'm like, that'll make up for who. I mean, I'm curious to see how this goes. I love the movie, of course. I'm I mean, really I think curious. it'll make you know. It's very much like kind of like Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde made a great musical, and yeah. it's like kind of the same feel. So I and think it, it could be very easily. Make a great and I want to give a little side note to Heather's musical. I loved. I saw it on Broadway. I loved it. It was the music and the book were really good. The night I went, I've listened to the music, good. but I've never seen it. I love the music. It's so the music's so good. Is it good? It's so good. The songs are really good. So, Mean Girls, I'm excited. So, yeah, so in 2018, we don't have a date yet, but spring of 2018. Okay. So, I'm actually going to New York spring of 2018. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, in April. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, that will, might be open and I can go see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just hope with this musical that they do a, a, a good homage to the movie because there are so many great I feel lines like they in the should movie bring that Tina still... Fey in and have her kind of workshop Ooh, it with them. Oh, yeah. I feel like she, oh, or since some of the other SNL people that were involved. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Because um, it'll be so fetch. <laughs> that's right <laughs> Cassie Levy will join Patty Murren in Spring Lab of Frozen which is oh. on, working on its way to okay. go to Broadway so they're going to be playing respectively Elsa and Anna oh how funny okay so that should be uh, interesting I'm excited to see that come to Broadway yeah I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the Disney production of it yet the I Disneyland did. production of I, it last time I went to Disneyland they still had Aladdin there it's kind of amazing it's like really really good oh, it's wow. so much A so much better than Aladdin even though I loved Aladdin <laughs> I know <laughs> oh, I know oh, I know world shattering I know I know but it's it's such a good production. What they did with the the amount of time that they had. I mean, it is a pretty long show. I mean, they pretty much cover the entire movie. But um, it's a it's a very well done show. The Elsa okay. that I saw was fantastic. So was the Anna. I'm just excited um, to see with with Disney's budget. And with Broadway's like resources to see them bring that to life on stage is going to be all I'm saying is that they can do it in Disneyland, they can do it on Broadway, right? And it's going to yeah, be sure. amazing. Right. If it was amazing at Disneyland, it's going to be <laughs> 20 times more amazing on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip this one because I want to do it last. <laughs> Jerry Mitchell and Alex Rosinski are going to direct NBC's Bye Bye Birdie Live, which they, you know, not together necessarily, but we've they've worked on Hairspray Live with the choreography, um, uh, Hair. Uh, Lakaja Falls. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot. So I think that'll be good. Is Jennifer Lopez still attached? Jennifer Lopez is still attached. I heard that too. She's mm-hmm. the only name so far that so they've put up. Uh, I just don't. All right. <laughs> I love Jennifer Lopez. No. But just in Bye Bye Birdie, I'm like. Mm. You just don't her as Rosa. I'm like. Ugh. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Jennifer Lopez, I'm actually proud Spanish of her because Rosa. usually she sticks to what's safe for her because she's not the greatest of anything, but she's good in stuff. Like she's not the greatest singer or dancer. She's a, a competent dancer. She's like okay singer and okay actress but everything she picks usually works for a benefit the reason I, that's so true so, so I'm kind of interested to see the how the reason I you, yeah. think that she might do a really good job in it is because she was um, great in Selena she was that was one movie she was great in but yes. let's remind ourselves that that was almost 20 years ago because <laughs> she's like <laughs> Um. So I mean, I and I don't want it to, to be that fair, I don't like Jennifer Lopez. Fair, I'm obsessed with and her. And coming from someone that <laughs> was am. coming from someone that was in Bye Bye Birdie, it's not necessarily a really difficult show to do. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm not saying that. I just don't. I, I guess I just don't like the fact that they're bringing in somebody like Jennifer Lopez to play a Broadway character. I just I think it's just for the namesake, and I it just is. don't agree with that. No, it totally is. What's the name? Any, like, anything yeah. with these live productions, they're going to have people there for names. And she's on NBC in um, Shades of Blue. Yep. So there's NBC sure. production. They got used their people. She's already contracted. Yeah, I, I get it. I just don't like it. Look, I so. get it. <laughs> yeah, Moving on. <laughs> Groundhog Day, which is becoming a Broadway musical, they just uh, recorded the cast album wow. this past weekend, and that's going to be coming out in this spring. Hopefully. Interesting. I didn't even know that. I was like, like, wow. Yeah, that's cool. So every day we I like, guiltily have never seen the film that I've heard. Oh, you haven't? Oh. I'm going. I have it recording on my DVR. It's okay. Like, like coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I've always wanted to see it. I just oh, never funny. have. Great movie. I love the movie. So I, I, I'm yeah. interested to see the one, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know the premise of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then to see them, I want to hear the cast album and see how it correlates with. Yeah, the movie. I'm yeah. curious. Okay. I'm, I'm going to wait and watch the movie when the cast album comes out, and then listen to the cast album right Smart. after. Okay. Good idea. That's a good idea. Um, and the last bit of news, oh, which yeah. I saved for last because I knew it would, we were going to go off on a little bit, oh, is yes. LeFou and the new Beauty and the Beast, they have announced, will be openly gay. Mm-hmm. And not only will he be openly gay, there's going to be a moment where it's apparent. Mm-hmm. I, while that being said, I don't think that they're going to change his character too much because I recently just rewatched the cartoon okay. and I was like, how did I not know he was gay? <laughs> it, was very, it makes yes. so much sense yeah, watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need to do too much yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know for a lot of people, and there's been a controversy, and I guess there were a couple of countries that said, no, you can't show this movie here because of that. Alabama Theater is not going to show it because they're Christian. Yeah, let's yes. not even talk about countries. Our own, like, our one too. of our well, states. But that's but, the thing with me. Okay. Yeah. While we don't know exactly what 
he's going to do neither necessarily neither, neither day to show that he is openly gay. I don't think we're going to be seeing him and Gaston having sex. No, yeah, no, right. So, right. I don't well, think you need to be that. <laughs> yes. And maybe it's just because I grew up in a very diverse, openly gay area. Which you but did, yes. I just don't see the big deal. The problem, you know, because I'm a parent. Well, I'm a grandparent too, but I'm a parenting grandparent. But I, I, I know a lot of parents get all nervous because they're thinking, "Why well, does it take my kids to go see it?" This is a live action, of course, that's happening. But the story is—it's also just I want to send my kids there. I don't have anything about the outside world really coming in, and they view that the gay thing is going to be—it's going to change everything about the movie. I'm looking. It's not going to change anything. Like I just said, I rewatched the cartoon. Right. It's not going to change anything. It doesn't change There's literally a part in the cartoon where he's like fighting and then this knife comes down towards his butt. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. There's some very homoerotic stuff in there. Plus, I mean, it makes sense for the character. This guy is obsessed with Gusto and this gives a reason. Like, you know, partly he wants to be this man, but partly he's also in love with with him. Yes. And it makes complete sense. It does make complete sense. I think that people need to get off of their political If there's any character in Disney that I could, like, think of off the top of my head would be gay and it wouldn't be a big deal, LeFou would make sense. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Like, it wouldn't be a stretch. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of other Disney movies, and I'm like, who would be besides you know Prince Philip? Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I guess he can't be. Gay. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I guess. Yeah, you're a good point. I'm, I'm gonna keep yeah. thinking. If I can I'm think of one, thinking, yeah. uh, well, I'll comment I mean, below the too. The movie comes out two weeks. Next next week, isn't it? The seventeenth. March. No, that's two weeks. The next the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Thank you. Yeah, the seventeenth. So we can see then. And I'm sure it's, it's going to be like, so sure much small yeah. that all of this is going to seem like yeah. such a... I think people are going to be more obsessed with them auto-tuning once their face is voiced oh than him right. being And that animation. I mean, <laughs> talk about it. I just <laughs> hope when the, when, they, when LeFou is left out in the snow, the snowman looks like Olaf. That's the only thing I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that, That'll be a good little... Uh, what do they hilarious. call those? Like Mickey like, oh, like the, throwing the like little... Hidden, like, hidden, hidden Mickey. Mickey's. Hidden Mickey's. Hidden Mickey's. That's pretty funny. That's so funny. Yeah, so um, that's all I have for today. Do you guys have anything we quickly want to add before we wrap this up? Again, if you haven't seen Family Opera or heard the cast recording, I say run, don't walk. You can download it. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. So you get it. It's it's such a good story. I like the story. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And also what I had to do, because sometimes the words do get a little lost in translation, definitely download the lyrics if you're really into it, because those lyrics are so powerful Mm -hmm. that they really put you in the story. I agree. I totally agree. Um, so make sure you guys join us next week. We're going to be talking the film Fan of the Opera. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Um, and uh, make sure you guys follow us on Broadway Be Down on Twitter. We have also a Facebook page, Broadway Breakdown. Um, you can find me at BFIPS14. Where can they find you guys one last time? You can follow me at I am Timothy Mike. At James Lodge Jr. All over the world. <laughs> all right, guys. We will see you next week. Have a good day. Bye, guys. Thank you. Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. Popcorn Talk.